Welcome everyone to my podcast series, The Holistic Nature of Us. I invite you to take a journey with me into a better understanding of the concepts behind our holistic nature and how that ties us directly to the natural world around us. My intention is to be your guide for this half hour as we begin seeing our world with fresh eyes, gaining more understanding and learning how we can connect the dots in practical ways that we are nature and nature's in us. I feature a broad range of guests deeply concerned about the environmental issues of our time and more. Authors and educators, practitioners and others whose passion for this earth and for all species help us create sustainable bridges of understanding. These folks are innovators, action-oriented, creating solutions in a variety of ways that honor us and the planet's holistic nature. I am honored to share their stories, their projects, and their passion with all of you. So thank you for joining me today with another engaging in interview. I'd like to introduce you to Ed Cleveland. He is the founder and owner of the Ed Cleveland Reiki and Sound Therapy Training Center located in Hartford, Connecticut. He's an advanced gong practitioner, a neuroacoustic sound practitioner, a master Reiki teacher, and holographic sound teacher, medicinal aromatherapist, as well as a national award-winning martial arts teacher. Ed brings forth three decades of personal education and experience in his private practice and his teachings. Welcome, Ed. It's a pleasure to have you at The Holistic Nature of Us. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Great. Well, you have so much to share with us, and I always like to begin with my guests' journey into their specific field. And today, you're going to be talking to us a lot about so, uh, sound, the science behind it, vibration, the benefits. So let's begin with you and how you got into this field. Well, thank you. Um, well, it all kind of started with the, the martial arts practice. Um, I was going through um, many years of that training. I was actually um, uh, fully ready to graduate into my fourth degree black belt when I got injured. Um, this was uh, many years of experience going into that. And it was always easy to break things and hard to fix things. So when I kind of got busted up, I started looking into different ways to heal my body. And in martial arts, uh, advanced students are really working on listening and the timing of different motions, the timing of how people interact and how to defend yourself again using sound. So it was really interesting how it first led into Reiki to learn about how to heal my own body. And then as I went on into meditations and different sound practices from different teachers that all of a sudden happened to appear, which is very unique and something I get a lot from other people. They say they had different dreams or all of a sudden they were drawn to um, you know, seek me out. And uh, I learned that uh, light is sound vibration. Colors are sound vibration. And as I went deeper and deeper, I started realizing that all these things fit under the same umbrella, which just gives you an increasing awareness of everything that is possible that you could do as far as the more you know, the more you can do with it. I, right. I, like, I like to say it's like putting spices in the spaghetti sauce or in a soup mix. You know, you make your own flavor with all your different modalities. <laughs> oh, that's a great that's a great metaphor. I like that. Yeah. So so with yeah, with that, um, I got into um, 
uh, listening to sound and how the sound works. And as I got more advanced, I started learning that it was important to work with uh, the different elements of the sound. There's different male voices and female voices within certain instruments, following how they ascend and how they descend, um, the rate of decay of certain instruments. And I really started to fine-tune the way I was listening to things, which really broadened my experience and the work that I do in my private practice, but also in the teachings, because now I'm able to teach a person with higher levels of, of learning or capacity, like even professional musicians, um, learning how to see and hear an instrument from a whole different angle that really broadens their scope. And uh, I'm having some amazing results with that. Oh, I bet you are. That is really fascinating because anything that deepens our own private practice, and I'm thinking of a musician, is only going to make the music sound better and come across in a more pleasing way, which generates excitement amongst the folks that are listening to it, right? Yeah, exactly. And and if you um, you know are have certain themes, you can play in certain ways that will help different moods. Again, going back to uh, these five element things, um, it's something I learned um, in the teachings that we're making these natural sounds because the natural sounds are in the different elements. Um, which are space, wind, fire, water, and earth. So in helping certain people, different elements are exactly what they need to help compensate the things that are going on with them. For example, if a person um, has a lot of anger and they happen to come to me and I'm doing different sounds, I really have them focus on deep breathing exercises because I'm introducing more of the wind element to help put out their internal fire <laughs> where, where the anger is coming in. And it, it happens all by itself. It's, it's once you know that you can interweave different elements into a practice of advanced experiences with sound, you can do unlimited amount of things as long as you can get the person to respond to that and, and want to move. That That's really interesting, Ed. What you remind me of is music therapy uh, that uses an instrument, whatever the clinician is drawn to, to create songs or just chords to help, for example, in child therapy with music, to get them into a better place of feeling about themselves. Um, so I'm assuming that when you say create moods, that's what you're talking about. And you're using some TCM in there, right? The, four, the five elements, the four elements? Uh, uh, yes, exactly. Um, I, the tradition I work with is uh, Bonpo. They're the uh, original religion of Tibet. It goes back 18,000 years. And they believe that sickness, ailment, and disease is either a lack of or too much of one of the five elements. So when you start to learn these different things, laws of the universe, and you're working with inside them, you can automatically help people on many different levels while you're also focusing on doing other things, <laughs> like striking those individual chords. That's more what I do um, in, in creating ambient sound. Um, my practice, I don't play music to give a person something that to expect or to follow. I want them to be unpredicted, um, have an open space that they don't really know what's going to happen. Um, and then when certain sounds come in, that also offers different doorways or escapes or releases within the sounds. But it can also help bring a person to a deeper state of consciousness 
allowing the brain waves to go down into a more of a awakened dream state. So some people end up starting to snore, and they're wondering who's snoring and it's them. Oh, <laughs> and they don't funny. have snoring, but they're still awake. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, that, that's true. And you're, when, you, when I hear awakened dream state, I, I often think of some of the shamanic practices that use the sound of a drum in a specific way to get us into that state of uh, deeper awareness. Um, so that's always a fascinating journey to me with the use of sound. Let me ask you this. You, you, you alluded to your practice and working with people. So could you give us an example how you might work with someone? So um, what I do is uh, when they come in, I'll uh, find out the things that are going on, and I'm really engaging on, on listening to what a person is saying because they're actually telling me what they need. <laughs> right. if, they could, if people could listen to themselves, uh, they would have all their own answers. <laughs> they, you know, that would be you know, pretty beneficial. Um, but uh, I'm getting an idea of, of what they're looking for, what they need, but then I'm also helping them to do like the reverse psychology is help them give themselves permission to do the work because as in like Reiki, everyone knows that the person on the table is the one in charge. So if I can get this person to surrender, to let go, to feel comfortable, or sometimes I'll give a mantra, um, I feel safe, I feel secure, I'm in perfect health, all my needs are met, and this is no matter what's going on, that they repeat those things and it helps to dissolve away a lot of things that are already going on. Um, because back into the, the practice that I do, uh, they believe 75% of ailments are created in the brain. So in helping get a person to possibly start changing the way that they're thinking, because now you're working with the cause and condition of the things that happened in the first place, which if you do that, it'll actually stick and last longer versus just being a Band-Aid coming in. I got great sound, I feel great, but then leaving and having something happen and all of a sudden you're thrown out of whack again. <laughs> mm. That's a really good point because I, you know, from the, we have so many wonderful holistic fairs here in Connecticut and I've experienced some of the, the gongs, the, the singing bowls, etc. Um, but it's true, that, that's it. When you're done, you walk away and hopefully the vibrational effect of the sound stays with you for a while, but uh, giving somebody a mantra like that, um, to me, takes it one step further. They have something to go home with. Yes, yes. That, that's, that's very important. Um, and um, you were mentioning working with kids. Um, I, I've done some things with uh, different schools, intensive schools, where uh, children even have um, uh, very, very sensitive conditions where they have you know, headphones and stuff on. And when I go to play for them, being nice and gentle, I can watch them be curious because it's, it's fascinating when you're watching a child see or hear an instrument for the first time that that curiosity allows and, again, gives them permission to want to hear it. And then when they experience that it's okay and it's gentle, I like to finish with you know that, that internal feeling that it made to give you a little bit of peace and harmony inside you. That's what you want to try to learn that feeling, but you can do this on your own anytime that something is bothering you or, or, or someone else is picking on you or something. Find your, your own way. Once you realize what that Zen feeling feels like inside, then you look for different ways that can help bring that in when you're seeking times of difficult moments in your life. Yeah, that's true. And children are so receptive to that, aren't they? 
Yes, they are. <laughs> they're kind of there's more single-minded focused at that those ages than than we get to be as we get older. So, uh, could you give us a couple of examples of clients, some stories, and how effective the sound was for them? Uh, yes, um, I had uh, um, a let's see. I just um, when people are coming in. Um, uh, I kind of got thrown off with that with that part. Um, I was thinking of a of a different scenario. Um, in um, oh, okay. So uh, I'll I'll set up and sometimes give a person a variety of different sounds because they know that their life they're they're just not able to find their path or their way. So when they come in, I'll make sure I go through all the different elements. I'll have different things set up to give them water elements. So I'll put water in a bowl, or I'll use an ocean harp or a rain or ocean drum to bring in that element. I'll then comfortably give them an overlay of wind sounds with different wind wands. Um, different, uh, 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 I have uh, Native American flutes, uh, bone, uh, eagle bone flute, different things to help kind of almost do like a little ceremony thing, calling in the ancestors to give and help out. Then kind of working with the grounding with the earth. I have certain gongs that are, are working more with the earth element, like a, a hang gong. Um, then going into um, the uh, the fire, which is sometimes you want to do. You really want to know how to work with fire because that's like your fire of digestion. But that's where you can actually burn away some of the things that are bothering a person. But if you don't really have the experience and really watching and being certain what you're doing. You don't want to take that too far and have a person start to feel uncomfortable because of that, that firing sounds, which are like twigs and things snapping, like if you were outdoors with a fire that you know has maybe pine or something and that's you know snapping and crackling and popping. Um, so it's it's creating a comfortable container, but also really watching how the person's breathing, how their body posture is, so you're in line and working. So you don't go out of the way in any one of those different elements. So the training and, and the observation is extremely important. Oh, I can imagine, yeah. And who? I had no idea there was something called an ocean harp. I bet that's lovely. Oh, yeah. It actually, uh, um, the way I play it, uh, very, very gently around the brain. Um, it's like a psychoacoustics because your, your brain is now trying to search through the database of the history of your life on where have you heard that sound. As long as you haven't seen the instrument, that blends into a, a theory called acoustic theory, where it allows the imagination to really wander and travel in some places, or people, it could bring them back to how, what it would sound like if you were in the womb. Uh-huh. Oh, I can imagine that, yeah, very easily. For some people, I think that would be an easy thing for them to connect with. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay. So cool. So so now you've got the person in your um, practice, and you're working with the four elements with all these different sounds. So what? And you're obs observing them. So what's the next step? Um, from them, I want to uh, watch their breathing, and then eventually I play in a certain way of of. of changing and altering time by the rhythm of what I'm doing. So in other words, I'm kind of uh, grabbing a hold of the brain with the sound. Uh, a person's brain is usually uh, very quick and moving at the beginning, so I do things that will, again, engage and, and through entrainment, kind of like get them on the line. 
And then as I start to systematically spread open, um, start to create more space between the different sounds, it automatically brings them into a more of a relaxing, deep state, but it also alters and shifts time for that person because they could experience that the session went by in just a couple of minutes. But that also helps them get out of the left brain, which is the processing and trying to figure out everything in life where all the stress elements are created into the right brain of like when you were a child where you just want to have fun, um, get, get out of your own way and just enjoy the experience. So to have that, that precious time, that self-care of going somewhere where basically, you know, this person here is taking my brain away for an hour. My body is enjoying the experience of all these different sounds and vibrations because I'm literally creating millions of different sounds with, with all these instruments and mounts that I use. Um, and every sound is, works different with each person because we're like a snowflake. So you're getting nourished by the electrons, by all the different natural sounds that are being created. And it's a great way to pull away pain and inflammation because you're allowing the person to surrender on the table and just fully let go into the moment. That's very interesting. So I can imagine in this day and age you have a lot of folks that do have pain and inflammation. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> including myself, which is why I got into this art. <laughs> oh, that's, well, that's great because you know firsthand how it works, and that's always uh, a good thing with a practitioner to have that personal experience and they can relate differently to their client. Uh, I think this is fascinating. And I came across a long time ago in some of the Aboriginal stories that if somebody broke a leg, they would do, the community would tone and sing certain tones, very specific tones, to help mend that broken bone. Mm-hmm. And I would love to see our use of sound get to that level of healing. Um, do you know anything about that? I absolutely do. Um, that is something that is also um, I do in my Reiki practice. Um, again, working with the five elements, the five elements have sound. So mm-hmm. the, the space element is ah. So singing or chanting ah is bringing in the space element sound. So it's ah, yang, ram, mang, and calm. So you're actually toning the element while you're playing different elements. Plus, it's also helping you get out of your own brain because that's important as a, um, a therapist or practitioner um, creating this. That you know we want to get out of our own brain and really trust the uh, skill set that we have to um, engage in the whole process. And you're simply chanting those different sounds of the elements. So, again, knowing which element the person needs more than the other, then that's what that's what you switch to. But there's also many other different mantras that you can do. They're, they're like different prayers that bring in um, different healing um, aspects. Um, so there's many, many different things that you can do with that, that sound. Wow, interesting. I, I know from my study of... Uh, Ayurvedic medicine and Ayurvedic mantra practices that the oldest mantras that we still sing today, each syllable and each sound with that syllable of our voice uh, is, is carried in a way that we can't even comprehend today. It's like it contains the sound of everybody through time that's ever sung that syllable. And so that there's a real power in understanding that about sound and vibration with mantra work, for example. 
Exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that you, you, you got this. This is how I teach people and they're playing the different instruments. Eventually, we want to get a point that you're not playing this instrument as a musician. You're playing this instrument more as a, a uh, whether it's a physician or you're playing it as a ceremony, not only to help the people in the room, but all of creation or every, every being that is in pain and suffering that has anything to do with any of the stuff that is going on is all happening at the same time. And when the musician understands that, that puts a lot more emphasis on, you know, I really should know what I'm doing, how am I spacing this different time, and how am I using the um, um, container of the room through um, boundary physics of how sound works. I mean, it's so scientific that, you know, you can get very, very deep with this stuff, but that makes you um, that more precise in what you're doing because these things actually worked 14,000 years ago. Yeah, and they and they still work today. You know, sometimes I hear criticism about that. Well, it's you know it's old. It, it, you know, we've got to bring the new stuff in. Well, let me tell you something. The old stuff that's still here works. <laughs> exactly. You know? my, my teacher says that. He said, if you want to go further back into something, find out who taught who, and get back down to the bottom source, uh, which is one of the classes that I took. It was seven days of just going back through the, the following of sound therapy from 14,000 years ago to today. So learning about raga music. I mean, this mm-hmm. was a, a person with classical raga music. They can diagnose and prescribe sound or music to help you with your condition. For example, listen to this raga at 4.30 in the morning for a week, and it will help you with your blood pressure. <laughs> oh, that is fascinating. Cool. Are there resources for that kind of information? Um, yeah, I actually, well, they're part of my classes. I got sheets of different things mm-hmm. that can do from different sounds, but we're, we're taught since I'm not a raga classical music person, because it would take me, you know, a whole college degree to get there, that if you understand how your instruments work and then kind of follow in how those male and female sounds are ascending and descending together and how they're working in that rhythm or harmony that if you apply that same type of music into whatever instrument you're doing you're now connecting with those certain sounds and you can have some of the same benefits happen wow i think that is fascinating i have another question um on the same vein, if you will, but in a slightly different direction, because it ties into music and how music affects us, and the sound of music affects us, but I also came across a few years ago the information that our music, for example, was done on an eight-note scale, but some of that's changing. We're using a different set of sounds. Is that true for music? Yes, um, about a hundred years ago, um, the music had changed to equal temperament and just intonation, which made it easier for these so-called starving artists to tune their guitars easier and to have instruments that um, are of so-called less quality. I'm speaking as in terms of looking at a $350,000 violin, you know, that you college degree to learn how to play in that way in that part of the world um that that was kind of changed so it alters things um like uh nowadays you know the piano is not mathematically perfect from one end to the other Uh, a piano tuner knows about the pythagorean coma so they have to make an adjustment throughout the piano to make the math work from one end to the other Um, but then again everyone knows that god and the universe doesn't make anything mathematically incorrect 
So you're looking for some to make these sounds that work with nature because those natural sounds are more mathematically correct. So if you check the math of certain instruments, if the math works, you have a better chance of things working out better or right. Or sounding better, right? Yes. Sounding yep. better. Interesting. I didn't know that about instruments. So what, what variety, just a quick list, a, a variety of instruments that you, that you typically work with? Um, I have uh, minor chords, which are very powerful for working on the spine. Um, they're scientifically proven to help bring out uh, pain and inflammation, but also open up blockages in the spine to allow more chemical electromagnetic signals to flow freer up and down the spine. Uh, the gongs, the singing bowls, the Tibetan bowls, a uh, large quantity of indigenous instruments. Um, every instrument that I play, I've taken classes on and I've learned um, about the history and how we want to play them in a certain way that is delicate, especially when bringing it into a human energy field. So we're, we're taught to play like we would be playing for an infant. Hmm. I like that because I, I like that sense of respect. Yeah. Well, Ed, what I'd love you to do before we close out today is to give my listeners three practical tips, something that they can uh, apply in their everyday life. Okay. Um, well, one is, is definitely breathing. Uh, breathing is very important, but going for a sound walk, going out, picking your favorite path or, or neighborhood or something or other, but you want to try to get an area and distinguish the different sounds as far as like elements. Um, so if you're walking in a path through the woods, you know, how is the wind moving through the trees? Um, if there happens to be a brook or a stream, what are the sounds that the brook and the stream are making? Um, different animals, even when you're walking, you're hearing the twigs, you're hearing the leaves, you're hearing things. That's more of that earth. So as you're going for a sound walk, you can really absorb these natural sounds, which are building and um, nourishing your organs. It's kind of like walking barefoot outside. You're, you're, you're bringing in all these elements from the earth into your body. Um, and that's basically the same thing uh, that happens with these large gongs as they're releasing these electrons, which are basically nourishing your organs the same way that earthing does. So the, the sound walks, um, uh, it's important not to talk with anybody or bring your cell phone, <laughs> you know, cause you want to be in the moment. Uh, so the, um, and finding different water sources like waterfalls or streams and just letting those kind of take over. I, I'd like to visualize putting any thoughts, worries, concern, anger, jealousy, things other people have on a leaf, and I watch it go down the stream. And that's oh, that's beautiful. Leaf. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing to do. So simple, but yet it's very powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you have to get the leaf blower out, bring the leaf blower. <laughs> <laughs> You can get rid of a lot of stuff that way, huh? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had people say they've had trouble in in getting to sleep. They've gone through years of different people help, trying to help them out, and that one thing worked better or, or changed everything that you know the last ten years couldn't change. A simple visualization of putting my trouble on a leaf and watching it gently go out. You're surrendering. You're you're letting go. I don't want to be attached to it anymore. You know, especially if it's disempowering to you. Um, another thing is, is forgiveness, forgiving yourself for different things. Like talk, when you look at yourself in the mirror, everyone criticizes themselves. What about saying uh, you are perfect in every way right here, right now? Mm, no, I love that. We do need to remind ourselves about that. We have so many stereotypes that are constantly given to us in the outside world, and it's easy for all of us to get caught up in it and 
those kind of affirmations, mantras, if you will, are so effective because they bring us to a place of more centeredness, you know? Yes, absolutely. And, and we pick on ourselves throughout the time of looking at the mirror. You know, we're always, why am I aging? Why am I this? Why am I? And you're telling yourselves all this. So the simple changing of, you know what, I'm even apologizing. I'm sorry for what I have said to you in the past where I had not known what I was doing. I'm choosing to love you now, perfect each and every way, and talk to the child inside you and say, what can I do to make you happy today? And these are things that will your your organs and, and you know, will respond to in bringing you the health and help us to learn how to be the master of our feelings and our emotions so we don't lose control from other people because we're actually just poisoning ourselves that way. So it's it's really that expansion of, of how the mind thinks. Again, I tie into how the sound works with the brain and then with the energy work to, you know, help to surround and complete everything. It's it's a beautiful match. It is. It sounds like a wonderful process, too, and you're so well-trained and schooled in everything that you do. It has to be a mystical experience for some people, you know, working with you. <laughs> Most time, I'll ask people, if, you know, if they like to share, they like, I, I don't really knew, know what just happened. And I'm like, that's perfect. That's exactly where I want to be. I've given you sounds that you cannot put words to. You right. had you know, I don't want you to limit the, oh, it was just this. No, let's do the big picture, you know. Uh, what would the, the, the entire space void sound like? Or what would it sound like in the earth or under the ocean? If you could work on your sonar and, you know, just understand all these different things and, and just get out of that. that yeah, it's a very um, beautiful experience. <laughs> oh, it, so it really sounds wonderful. Uh, well, um, we're at the time of closing. Is there anything else you want to add before we sign off? Um, that would be it. Just uh, my location. Um, I'm out of uh, Hartford, Connecticut, but I also do things in uh, different yoga studios or different uh, um, areas. Like right now, I'm doing things out of the Beyond Center in Vernon, R&R Massage and Day Spa in Canton. Um, again, I'm here in Hartford. Uh, my website is www.edcleveland.net, and my email address is edreiki3.com. Perfect, and uh, that's great information for everyone to have because I, uh, I'm assuming you'll get some questions. So I want to say thank you, Ed, for joining us at The Holistic Nature of Us, and I hope my listeners feel as inspired as I do by your practical advice but also your wealth of knowledge about sound and sound vibration. Thank you very much. I, I, it's, it's definitely a passion of mine, as you can probably I think we can tell. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. So this is Judith Dreyer. I'm the author of At the Garden's Gate book and blog. My book is available through my website, which is www.judithdreyer.com, as well as several distribution arms, such as Amazon, Nook, Goodreads, and more. I'd like to remind all of you again that a transcript is available for each podcast. Please like and share them. Let's support each other and get the word out. Remember, now is the time for practical action and profound inner change so we value our world again. Enjoy your day. Mm -hmm.